One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. Today we're looking at chapter 24 of Twilight, titled An Impasse. Hi everyone, so where we left off, it was the big climax. So the last two chapters that we covered were when Bella went to the ballet studio and, surprise, her mum wasn't there. It was just a voice recording all this time. She got tricked. And then James attacks her and she sort of spaces out for a fair bit because he bites her hand, an angel comes, which is Edward, and she, and she acts like she's dead for a part of it, but like, we know you're not dead, Bella. Anyway, they rescue her. Story over, essentially. But I thought, since we've seen what happened in the prologue happen now in the actual book, I thought it might be fun to go back into the prologue and look at how it makes no sense. So let's do that first before heading into the chapter. So remember in the prologue how she's like, I never thought much about how I would die. And then that she's watching across the long room as the eyes of the hunter look pleasantly back at her, referring to him as the hunter instead of the tracker in this point in time. Anyway, so Bella says, surely it was a good way to die in the place of someone else, someone I loved. Noble even, that ought to count for something. (laughs) It's like, bitch, no, that didn't happen. We now know that Bella wasn't there in place of anybody that she loved. She was tricked. And at this point in time with the tracker, sorry, the hunter moving towards her in the ballet studio, she knew by then that her mum was safe all this time. But but in the prologue, she doesn't know it. In the prologue, she's like, at least I'm dying instead of my mum. So it's just, it's little inconsistencies like this that just drive me up the bloody wall because (laughs) did no one catch that? She says she couldn't bring herself to regret the decision because, you know, she was sacrificing herself for her mum. But no, you weren't. Your mum was fine. (laughs) Anyway, let's not get caught in the weeds on that one. Let's go back to chapter 24 and see how everything pans out. So we start the chapter with Bella describing a bright white light in an unfamiliar white room. (laughs) Guys, she gives the most elaborate description for just a hospital room. She tells us about the blinds. She tells us about the lights. She tells us about the toughness of the bed. (laughs) The pillows were flat and lumpy. (laughs) There's this beeping sound and it's like, we get it. You're in a hospital. None of us are confused with what's going on here. And Bella says, Death shouldn't be this uncomfortable. We know you're not dead, mate. Stop playing dead. What are you, my dog wanting a treat? (laughs) Oh, no, but she still hasn't figured it out yet because she's saying how her hands are twisted up in tubes. 
There's something taped across her face. And so she lifts her hand up to rip it off. <laughs> it's like, no, Bella, you're in a hospital. Leave the bandages or the IV drip or whatever the fuck it is on your face. Remember when she went to the hospital after the car accident and she was like, get this neck brace off me. And I'm like, just let medical professionals treat you with what they need to treat you with. Anyway, so we've established we're in a hospital, but she goes to take the tubes off and Edward's like, I know you don't. (laughs) And she looks and there's Edward with his exquisite face just inches away from her. And she realizes that she's alive. Man, wouldn't it have been a fun saga if she died there and then? (laughs) We could have just picked up the story with with Jessica or Angela from Trig. (laughs) Moment of silence for the short saga that it could have been if they'd killed her off, but... Ah, nah, she's alive. And and immediately she's apologising. She's like, Edward, I'm so sorry. And he says, ah, shush, it'll be all right. And she says, God, what happened? She says she couldn't remember clearly and my mind rebelled against me as I tried to recall. (laughs) And we know lately that she's been having, she's been having bad memory issues. Remember when she couldn't remember the drive to Phoenix? (laughs) Even though she was just in a car, she's like, what happened? How did I get here? It's like, bitch, you drove to Phoenix. But she was scattered there and she's scattered now. And Edward's like, oh, I was almost too late. I could have been too late. And you know what? You probably would have gotten there much quicker if you just run from Falks rather than catching a flight out of Seattle to go to Phoenix, the morning flight. What an idiot. Why would he have just not started running? (laughs) He wasted so much time waiting for that flight, that commercial airlines flight. God, I'm not over it. And she's like, God, I'm so stupid, Edward. I thought he had my mum. And he's like, oh, he tricked us all. He did trick us. He, he gooped me. He tricked me too. But Edward says that Renee is there in the hospital. Renee showed up for her daughter. So that's, that's a nice change. But Bella's all panicked and she's like, what did you tell her? And he says that the story they're going with is that she fell down two flights of stairs and then through a window. And then he says, you have to admit it could happen. <laughs> and it really could. She is the clumsiest bitch out. So apparently she has a broken leg, four broken ribs, some cracks in her skull and bruises covering every inch of her skin. And she's lost a lot of blood. And he says, they gave you a few transfusions. I didn't like it. It made you smell all wrong for a while. Edward, it's clearly not about you. You shouldn't be concerned about what her blood smells like when these transfusions are saving her life. You can, you could get over her smelling different for a second. Oh, so she has cracks in her skull? Let the bitch rest. (laughs) How is she awake? So then Bella asks, how did you do it? And he knows what she means at once. But we don't know what what she means. He's like, I'm not sure. And then he's looking away and I'm like, can someone fill us in? No one's filling us in. So he's just looking around and she's patiently waiting for him to keep talking. And then he sighs and he's like, it was impossible to stop. And I'm like, okay, I am figuring out what you're talking about, but you could have given me a heads up. So she practically asked him, how did you stop from drinking all of my blood when you were sucking the venomous vampire poison out of me? Ridiculous, the whole venom thing, by the way. Steph totally contrived the whole vampires are venomous thing just to have this scenario where Edward could suck blood out of a hand and feel tempted. (laughs) 
And Edward says, yeah, it was impossible to stop. Impossible, but I did it. Well, that's, that's not what impossible means then, but okay. And he says, I must love you. Mm. And she, yeah, she must have some cracks on her skull because her first reaction is, do I taste as good as I smell? Which is just a bizarre reaction. And he says, yeah, even better, better than I'd imagined. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's tapped. She's tapped in the head, mate. And even Edward's like, I've got to call that out for being a weird reaction. And he's like, of all the things to apologize for. Oh, wait, no, he's being passive aggressive. Sorry, he's being passive aggressive. Cause he's like, oh, of all the things to apologize for, implying that she needs to apologize for other things. But Bella's going to play dumb because she's like, well, what should I apologize for? And he says, for very nearly taking yourself away from me forever. Edward's very Edward-centric. Bella dying in his mind is her taking herself away from him. That's, that's really, really sort of gross thinking. But she says, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, ah, it's all good. I know why you did it. <laughs> He says, you should have waited for me. You should have told me, which yes, we're all in agreement there. Then Bella's like, what happened to James? Edward says that after he pulled James off of Bella, Emmett and Jasper took care of him. That's all. That's the description of the big fight. (laughs) Emmett and Jasper took care of him. And so it took two on one to take him down. I was right. Like they totally ruined their seven on one advantage or their seven on two advantage because they were like, he's too strong. He's the best hunter ever. And Laurent was like, I've never seen anyone like him in my 300 years, but no, <laughs> Emmett and Jasper, boom, did it. <laughs> two on one. <laughs> they, they built James up so much to be so terrifying when they could have just taken him down in that stupid field, honestly. And then Bella's like priority is to make sure that Alice saw the videotape because remember we got the backstory that James was trying to hunt down Alice back in the past. And then Alice's vampire friend turned her into a vampire. And she was also in an asylum getting electric shock therapy because she had visions. Like it's, it's all, it's all very complicated, but it's all much more interesting than what we've been getting in this book. So fingers crossed for a little prequel. Oh God, no, no, I take that back. Stephanie needs to stop writing. She really needs to stop. But Edward says, yes, she saw the tape. And then Bella says, she was always in the dark. That's why she didn't remember. And and Bella, I, I really don't know if you are a psychologist or a psychoanalyst here, because what, where, where the fuck are you getting that from? But anyway, Edward's like, yeah, well, she understands now. And Edward's face is black with fury. So he's, he hates James. He hates James, but like James is dead. So get over it. And I'm still just really proud of James's poker face in that field for recognizing Alice and then just brushing over her and acting like it's nothing. Ah, bring back James, resurrect James. He was the hero of this book. He really was. (laughs) This is such a dumb scene. So Bella (laughs) goes to reach Edward's face with her free hand, but something stops her. (laughs) And she glances down and it's the IV pulling at her hand. It's like, Bella, I know you've just been knocked about, but you're in hospital. Can you just have some fucking chill for a second? And then when she looks down, she's like winces. And Edward's like, what is it? And she's like, oh, needles. And she has to look away. And I was like, oh yeah, she was like passing out because of a tiny little droplet of blood. 
back in chapter five. <laughs> but she's just went through this whole ordeal where she was bleeding from a broken leg and broken ribs and her head was smashed against the mirrors and then James bit a hand and there's blood everywhere. And she, she did not pass out. <laughs> I mean, she passed out eventually, but she was, she was acting like a little trooper. So her like blood phobia is very temperamental. It, it, it depends on what the plot wants it to be. So then Bella's like, yeah, let's get back to the story. So why are you here? Like, why does my mum think you're here? And Edward's like, oh, I came to Phoenix to talk some sense into you, to convince you to come back to Forks. And Bella says his wide eyes were so earnest and sincere, I almost believed him myself. I just... So then Edward, like, starts stroking her cheek. And he says, your only job is to heal. And... (laughs) He must be like turning her on or something because then the heart monitor starts beeping erratically and jumping around. (laughs) And she mutters to herself, oh, that's going to be embarrassing. And then he chuckles and then he's like, hmm, I wonder. And then he leans in and before his lips touch hers, like the heart monitor's beeping like even more than before. But then as soon as his lips touch hers, (laughs) the beeping stops altogether. So he stopped her heart. (laughs) This is so fucking dumb. (laughs) This is from a cartoon. This is Scooby-Doo right now. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, it's so dumb. It's so, so dumb. Her heart literally stopped. And Edward's alarmed and he pulls back and he's like, "Uh uh-oh. But then her heart starts beating again. (laughs) This is so fucking dumb. So then Renee comes in, so they stop kissing and sending the heart monitor into a fucking tizzy. So Edward goes and pretends to be asleep in the chair. Oh my nose. I'd be remiss to let you think it's been described as a chair. So no, he moved from the hard plastic chair by Bella's bedside to the turquoise faux leather recliner at the foot of the bed, (laughs) leaning it all the way back and closing his eyes. (laughs) What hospital has a, has a faux leather recliner? What? She's in the fanciest hospital I've ever heard of. <laughs> a recliner in a hospital. Are you shitting me? Did the, did the boys from Queer Eye come and do a makeover of that hospital? Cause fuck's sake, that sounds lush. <laughs> so yeah, Renee comes in and Edward's asleep or pretending to be asleep in the nice recliner. And Bella's like, mom, I'm so glad to see you. And, and Renee's a piece of work as well. She's like, oh, Bella, I was so upset. I'm so glad to see your eyes finally open. And Bella's comforting her because she's like, mom, everything's fine. It's okay. And I'm like, Renee, you should be comforting Bella. She's the one with cracks in her head and a broken leg, etc., etc. Everyone's so selfish in this book. So bloody self-centered. And so then, you know, in this reunion, the first time that she's seen Renee in months, after this huge ordeal, she's in a hospital bed, has been in a, like a bloody induced coma for three days. She asks the question that we all want to know. Where's Phil? <laughs> Who gives a fuck about Phil, Bella? Stephanie, we don't care about Phil. Oh, but Renee's like, oh, you'll never guess. And Bella says, Phil got signed. <laughs> and she says, yes, how did you guess? <laughs> What else would they be talking about, Renee? But she's like, yeah, Phil got signed in Florida. And she's like, cool. And then her mum's like, you'll love Jacksonville. It's always sunny and the humidity isn't that bad. And we found a cute little house. And it's just a few minutes from the ocean, blah, 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 blah. You'll have your own room. And then 
she's like, wait, mum? She's like, I'm not moving to Florida. She's like, I live in Forks. And Renee's like, oh, well, you don't have to anymore, you silly bitch. She says, Phil will be able to be around so much more now. And we've talked about it. And what I'm going to do is trade off on the away games, half the time with you and half the time with him. And I'm thinking, why the fuck does Phil need his wife to come to his away games all the time? Like, why is every relationship in this book so codependent? Hey, Phil, at an away game, maybe have a couple of nights away from your wife. Who gives a shit? Or from your new girlfriend. I don't know if they're married. I'd I'd hate to presume their relationship, but I'm presuming that they're fucking needy. Take the night off, Phil. But Bella cuts her off. She's like, mum, I kind of want to live in Forks because I'm at school. I've got a couple of girlfriends. Charlie needs me because he can't cook. And her mum's like, what? You want to stay in Forks? Like, she's totally like, what? And then she looks at Edward and she's like, huh, why? And she's like, I told you, school, Charlie, etc., etc." And her mum's like, Bella, you hate Forks. And she's like, well, it's not that bad. And then her mum's like, is it the boy? <laughs> like, well, no fucking shit, Renee. Jump out of your own ass for a second, Renee, and you'll figure it out that it's the boy sitting there pretending to be asleep that she's in love with. Like, hello. But they do talk about Edward for a little bit. It's all the same. She says, I'm pretty crazy about him. She doesn't want to say out loud that she loves him because her mum will be like, you're too young and all that riffraff nonsense. So, so she, yeah, she says, I'm pretty crazy about him. And she narrates, that sounded like something a teenager with her first boyfriend might say. And I'm like, bitch, you are a teenager with a first boyfriend. You're not that special. (laughs) As much as everyone in this book says you smell so fucking amazing, you're not that great. God, I feel like I'm swearing a lot today. I'm so sorry. But this book just bloody riles me up. (laughs) Riles me up. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Then Bella's like, yeah, it's just a crush. And then she sees Renee like sigh and glance over her shoulder at the big round clock on the wall. (laughs) And she's like, do you need to go? And she says, oh, Phil's supposed to call in a little while. I didn't know you were going to wake up. And Bella's like, oh, no problem, mum. And okay, Renee, you are a piece of work. Like your daughter's just (laughs) woken up in the hospital. You haven't seen her for months. Like just hang around for a bit. Get her a cup of water. Get her some ice chips and sit and have a chat with your daughter. You selfish bitch. And also, how's he going to call you? You don't have a phone. Phil was going to call in a bit. Call what? What would he call? She's a mess. Renee is a mess. And she says, okay, I'll be back soon. (laughs) And she says, I have been sleeping here, you know. And it's like, oh, okay. Congratulations. (laughs) It gets worse. So Bella's like, mom, you didn't have to do that. You can sleep at home. I wouldn't notice because of all the painkillers. And then Renee says, oh, I was too nervous, she admitted. There's been some crime in the neighborhood and I don't like being there alone. So so she wasn't even sleeping at the hospital to be with her sick daughter. She was just sleeping at the hospital because she didn't want to stay at the house alone. (laughs) She is the worst. And Bella's like, crime? She asks in alarm. Like, is that really your concern, Bella? (laughs) Crime in Phoenix? Oh no. (laughs) It's like, you've been telling everyone all book that Phoenix is three times bigger than Seattle. (laughs) You almost got raped in an alley in Port Angeles, the tiny little seaside town, but you're like, crime in Phoenix? Stop the press. (laughs) Renee says, yes, someone broke into the dance studio around the corner from the house and burned it to the ground. There's nothing left. And they stole a car right from out the front. (laughs) And I just think it's so funny that they burned down the ballet studio. The Cullens are so extra. Like, I know they had to dismember James and then burn him in order to kill him, but they have to take the whole ballet studio down with them. (laughs) Oh, God, they're fun. (laughs) They are fun. Anyway, so Renee leaves because she's a shit mum. And then Edward wakes up and he's grinning at her, being like, oh, you like me. And the nurse reads the paper readout of the heart monitor. And she's like, are you okay? Your heart rate got a little high there. And she's like, I'm fine. (laughs) I didn't know they still had paper readouts on heart monitors, but it's been a very comical scene. So it's nice to put a little bow on the whole heartbeat stopping, pulse racing dramatics that we've been getting. And Edward's like, oh, I thought you would want to go to Florida. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Edward, I don't want to be in Florida with you because you'd be stuck inside all day because it's so sunny. (laughs) Didn't stop him at the airport. (laughs) And also, it's still sunny and forks through cloud. Like, it's still light. He should still be shimmering, glimmering in cloud light. It, 
And then Edward's like, oh, I could never go to Florida, Bella. I'd have to stay in somewhere like Forks. (laughs) Obviously, I I have to stay somewhere cloudy, Bella. (laughs) Otherwise, my skin will glisten. But he's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to stay somewhere that I could hurt you. And she just takes that to mean she's getting dumped. And she starts like hyperventilating, her heart rate's accelerating, all that business. But a nurse comes and interrupts and like gives her some meds or whatever, who cares? And then she says to Edward, don't leave me. And he's like, ah, I won't, I'm okay. Like, I'll be here as long as you need me. And she's like, don't leave me. And I think she's talking about forever. Like, don't ever leave me relationship wise. But I think Edward thinks she's talking about the hospital room. (laughs) Classic miscommunication. (laughs) And then we get more of the whole, I put you in danger. And she's like, you're the reason I'm alive. And he's like, but I put you in so much danger. And she's like, but I'd be dead before then because I would have died because I'm so clumsy. And it's just like, oh God, spare me. And Edward's like, knowing that I couldn't stop, still hasn't said it, but we can fill in the blanks drinking her blood. He's like, knowing that I couldn't stop believing that I was going to kill you myself. That was the worst feeling. And she's like, but you didn't. He's like, but I could have. And she's like, but you didn't. And he's like, but I could have. And I was like, okay, we get it. Let's wrap this bloody book up. We're so close. We are so close. And they keep banging on about pointless shit that they've talked about so much already. And she's like, I know I need to stay calm, but he's trying to talk himself into leaving me. And she starts feeling panic fluttering in her lungs because that panic flutters in lungs, apparently. And she's like, promise me. And he's like, what? And she says, you know what? And I'm thinking, can we knock this bitch out? Can we get her on some stronger meds and knock her the fuck out? Because this is so painful to read. So basically Edward says, I'm not strong enough to stay away from you. So you'll get your way. I won't leave you. And she's like, oh, that's good. And as far as declarations of commitment go, it's not the most romantic. And then she says, you told me how you stopped dot, dot, dot. And in... In, in the reader's mind, we have to be filling in those blanks, drinking the blood. And she says, now I want to know why. And he's like, why? Why do you want to know why? What the hell do you mean, why? And she's like, why did you stop? Why didn't you just let the venom spread? Because then I'd be a vampire like you. And Edward's like, oh my goodness, this girl. He's like, this girl is just too much. And he's angry that Alice ever told her. That's, that's also what's going on. He's like, bloody Alice, I told her not to tell you. Of course, he doesn't say that out loud. This is Bella reading his mind through his eyes and his expressions, because remember, she's a mentalist. But he says, I'll be the first to admit that I have no experience with relationships, but it just seems logical. A man and a woman have to be somewhat equal, as in one of them can't always be swooping in and saving the other one. They have to save each other equally. And okay, let's just unpack that for a second. (laughs) A man and a woman have to be somewhat equal. Um, (laughs) you would think they might have to be equal, equal, not somewhat equal. Like, I know he was born in 1917, but like, it's, it's the 2000s now. Like, catch up with the times, Edward. Also, a man and a woman, gays exist, Edward. Don't tell me that you and Emmett on a cold, lonely night out hunting haven't, haven't snuggled. Don't tell me that. You know what? I take it back, Edward. I read that wrong. That was Bella saying that. (laughs) Bella was saying that a man and a woman have to be somewhat equal. And everything I've said still stands. That's a a silly worldview to have. (laughs) Somewhat equal. God, I was shading Edward there for a second, but (laughs) Bella's, Bella's the bitch with the warped perspective. 
I just, I read something old fashioned and I assumed it was the guy born in 1917, not the girl born in, I guess, in the 90s. So that's on me. Anyway, so Edward's like, you have saved me. And I can't remember, I can't remember when Bella saved Edward's life. Can anyone else? What the hell's he referring to? I guess in the emotional sense that she saved him, but he was doing all right. (laughs) He was doing all right without her. And she, oh no! And no, she's a feminist, guys, because she says I can't always be Lois Lane. I want to be Superman too. This oh, this is this is a very confusing conversation because she's she's old fashioned in one sentence, and then she's wanting to be Superman, and ah, oh, I just can't keep up. But anyway, he's like, I've had a long time to think about you know the implications of becoming a vampire, and she's like, Well, do you regret Carlisle turning you? And he's like, Well, no, but that's because I was already like dying. I had nothing to live for. You still have a life. She says, but you are my life. You're the only thing it would hurt me to lose. Again, Bella, you need to calm down. As Taylor Swift said, you need to calm down. But he's like, no, I'm not going to do that to you, Bella. I can't do that to you. And she's like, oh, come on. Like, it's not that hard. And he's like, all the pain. And she's like, she like, it's like, oh, it was pretty painful. And he's like, see? (laughs) And she's like, but that's my problem. I can handle it. And you know what? She kind of has a point. Edward could have just let her become a vampire. Like that would have been so much easier for everybody involved. At the least it would just shut her up for a bit, which is, which would have been bloody nice. But Edward's like, I'm not going to end your life for you. And she's like, it is ending every day. Every day I get older and closer to my deathbed. She's like, every minute of the day I get closer and I'm going to get old. (laughs) She's carrying on like a gay about to turn 30. (laughs) She's having the biggest little midlife crisis. It's like, you're 16. If I was Bella, like, I'd at least want to develop a bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to turn into a vampire, I'd say, turn me at 21. Now, even then, like, you're not really like, you're still growing. You're still going through puberty and stuff. You know what? Maybe 20, maybe 23. Turn me at 23, but not at 16. Hell no. God, if I was turned into a vampire at 16, I would look so awkward. (laughs) Oh God, no. Gawky as fuck. (laughs) No, no. Turn me into a vampire once I've matured and filled out my face. (laughs) Maybe when I have less breakouts, you know. When I found a haircut that suits me. Turn me into a vampire then. She She shouldn't be wanting to be a vampire at 16. No. No, sir. Oh God. And they just keep debating it. And he's like, ah, oh, I shouldn't exist. This is, this shouldn't be a thing that could happen. And it's like, well, you know what? You're a vampire. Too bad. Get over it. And that's basically what Bella says. She says, that's stupid. That's like going to someone who's just won the lottery, taking their money and saying, look, let's just go back to how things should be. It's better that way. And he says, I'm hardly a lottery prize. And she says, that's right. You're much better. And oh, you can tell that Bella's never had to pay a mortgage. (laughs) She's never had to pay insurances or rent or groceries (laughs) because I tell you what, a lottery win would be quite nice. I'd be taking a bloody million dollar lotto over Edward Cullen any day of the week. Any day of the week. That sock full of money that she keeps under her bed must have a couple of strong notes in there because she's not worried about money at all. And he says... Bella, we're not having this discussion anymore. I refuse to damn you to an eternity of night. And that's the end of it. (laughs) And I'm like, eternity of night, Edward. Like, you go to high school, mate. (laughs) You're not suffering an eternity of night. You're literally going out and about in the day. 
you don't sleep. Eternity of night. Where the fuck did he get that from? Oh, he's so dramatic. And then Bella's like, hmm, well, you're not the only one that can turn me into a vampire, you know. And he's like, Alice wouldn't dare. They're totally acting like Bella and Alice are just best friends all of a sudden. Like, yeah, they had a couple of days together in a hotel, but what about poor Jasper? (laughs) Poor Jasper's just the third wheel in that friendship, always getting left out. But then Bella's like, she obviously sees something in his expression because, you know, she's she's a bloody body reader. And she says, ah, Alice already saw it, didn't she? That's why the things that she says upsets you. She knows I'm going to be like you someday. And he's like, she's wrong. She also saw you dead, but that didn't happen either. And Bella says, you'll never catch me betting against Alice. Excuse me. Do, are we all forgetting how shit Alice is at reading the fucking future? I'll never forget how she said, let's go play baseball. There's a couple of random vampires coming into town, but not for a few more days. <laughs> and but no, no, I'll, I'll never bet against Alice, she says. Fuck me dead. If you don't learn from the lessons of your past, you're doomed to repeat them. I don't know who said that. I guess Winston Churchill or someone like that. But someone has said something like that and they were right. Uh, So then they're silent staring at each other for a long time. No, a very long time. And then Bella says, where does that leave us? And he says, oh no, he chuckled humorlessly. So, huh, huh, huh. (laughs) He says, huh, huh. I believe it's called an impasse. Huh, huh. (laughs) And then she sighs and then says, ouch, because the sighing hurt her ribs. Just put her out, put her out of a misery. Just knock this bitch out. And he says, how are you feeling? And she says, I'm fine. I lied. Again, she lies so much for someone who said that she hates lying. So then he presses her button and he says, not, not metaphorically, he pushes an actual button on her bed, which activates like a speaker in the wall with like an intercom to speak to a nurse. This is a very fancy hospital, by the way. Like. The foliar, the recliner, this, this high-tech intercom system, it's very impressive. So he buzzes the nurse for some more pain meds. And Bella's like, no, don't. I want to stay awake. I won't take it. And he's like, yeah, they're not going to ask you to swallow pills, Bella. They're obviously just going to put something into your IV drip. And she's like, oh, <laughs> she's an idiot. She's an idiot. Oh, so then they do some more bloody talking about he'll be there when she wakes up and she's like, you'll be there forever. And he's like, yeah, forever. (laughs) He's like non-committal as hell hell. And then the nurse comes in brandishing a syringe. This, this chapter's a long one for just sitting in a hospital room talking. The nurse dopes her up and then she can feel the drowsiness trickling through her bloodstream almost immediately. She's very in touch with her body, this girl. And so then as Bella's passing out, Edward's like got her face in his hands and she's like, stay. But the word was slurred. So it was like, stay, (laughs) stay with me. (laughs) And he's like, I will. And then his voice is like a beautiful lullaby. So I will. He says, as long as it makes you happy, as long as it's what's best for you. And oh, isn't that quite the turn of phrase? Very carefully worded there. He'll stay as long as it's what's best for her. So we all know he's the judge of what's best for her. So whenever he decides that it's no longer best for her, he'll gap it. And that's a little hint for the next book. She picks up on it and she's about to call him out on it. She's like, that's not the same thing. And then he's like, 
uh-huh, don't worry about it right now. Bye-bye. Go to sleep. And she's like, oh, all right. And then he says, I love you. And she says, me too. And he says, I know. And then they laugh. Ugh, kill me. Kill me. And then just as she's about to pass out, she says, Edward. <laughs> and he says, yes. And she says, I'm betting on Aleph. <laughs> and then the night closed over her and she goes to fucking sleep. And that's the end of the, oh my God, it's the end of the book. Technically. Technically. Because next we get an epilogue, which is titled An Occasion. Wow. Oh God, we're so close to the end. And I totally thought this was the last chapter because I was like, 24 chapters, easy. And then she stings us with an epilogue. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Close though. We're getting close. Everything's just getting tied up into a really messy, messy bow. That's what's happening. If you have any thoughts on what the ideal age to be turned into a vampire is, please let me know. I'd be so interested to know. So hit me up on Twitter at podbreakingdown or NathanBrown90. You can also send me an email to breakingdownpod at gmail.com. You can find all those contact links and stuff on breakingdownbadbooks.com as well. If you haven't already, chuck us a rating, chuck us a review. It, it actually helps the algorithm or something. That's what, that's what people tell me. And by people, I mean the internet. That's what people say on the internet. So do that. That's fun. And I'll see you next week for the epilogue. And we're almost done with Twilight. Ah, God, we need a stiff drink after this. (laughs) Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.